Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hey everyone, I'm Guile and I tweet at Door Podcast. And this afternoon I'm joined by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chicken on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and I am the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And today we're going to be covering um, Samwell's first chapter in A Storm of Swords. Um, trigger warning for um, Ice and Cold. Uh, <laughs> And generally speaking, what is a really solid, like, single chapter horror story, if nothing um, if yes. nothing else. This is really one of the more iconic chapters, I feel like, in in the entire series. So it was fun to do this um, on a reread. So, you know, this chapter, it, it, it feels like a standalone chapter just because of some of the, liter- the literary devices George, is use- George uses here. So, like, the chapter starts with sobbing sam took another step and you know as you read the chapter he has that line in there over and over and over again and basically we catch up with sam and he is um trudging through the snow with all of his, you know with all of his like mail his furs his pack that he still has and he's just you know he's barely making it he thinks you know i'm i can't take another step he keeps having to hike his clothes up because everything's falling down and it's just, you know, he's absolutely miserable. Um, and we, you know, we start, he is, you know, thinks he can't go another step. He, you know, he thinks about his family back at home. Um, and then he trips and falls over a root and decides that he just can't get up. And he's like, I'm just going to basically lay here and, um, I'll die. And that's that'll be cool. <laughs> What's funny about this is Sam is always very relatable, but this is perhaps the most relatable he's ever yes. been to me personally. Yes. I've, I've been well, that. I like, love that. Yep. You know, we're all from northern climate, so I felt like we could all very much relate to that. Like, oh my god, I can't take another step in this effing snow. Yep. 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 I will say that reading this, I was getting a little snot. I was getting Wisconsin snotty about it. And I'm like, well, it's snowing and they're in the woods, so it can't really be that cold. It's probably like 15 degrees. So Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, it's like I'm I know the relentlessness of never being able to warm up eventually starts to get with get to you, but yeah, it must not be like it can't be like below zero Fahrenheit. Well, I, I you know, I get it on a very minor scale. Like we had a really bad, bad storm here. Um, and the going out to shovel and the wind just kept whipping your, your hats off and your hood off and chasing your glove down the street. And it's just, there's snow everywhere. I get it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to share my worst story, which is really, really relatable, which is I got stuck on a, uh, on, on a chairlift one time on a ski hill for about four hours. Oh no. And that was freaking cold. Like when you can't move enough, although he's definitely moving, but sometimes when you're moving, it's worse because you sweat a little bit and then there's like this weird perspiration that makes you colder. But 
Yeah, no, that just which is why you don't want to wear cotton as your closest layer to your body. Yeah, I don't know how the Night Watch feels about that, but they should be wearing wool. Well, he's got a lot on. I mean, he's got. I mean, it's a, he's got good gear, like in terms of right layers and stuff. Oh yeah, he can survive. He is surviving. He's 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 equipped to survive these conditions. He's yeah. just exhausted. But he actually, yeah. I mean, a sled honestly would have been like, you know, probably should have the night's watch should have had a few more sleds and i think you know this would have been better so um so sam is lying there and he's starting to think about um where he came from which is the the fist of the first men and you know if we remember from the prologue the prologue ended just as chet was about to start his mutiny and we heard three blasts from the horns to signify that there were others and so you know sam kind of flashes back to that moment and that the Chet is the first face that he sees, and he thinks that he's never seen more fear on a person's face before. And he asks Chet to help him with the ravens. Um, Chet takes off, and Sam is like, "Oh, you know, oh, he's got a job too. He's he's got to take care of the dogs." And you know, we find out that um, Mormont had a pretty, you know, pretty stern discussion. It sounds like with Sam basically saying like. I know you can't fight worth a damn. And if you try to fight, you're just going to get in the way. So like the one thing I need you to do is to be prepared to send messages with the Ravens. Like (laughs) go ahead and write them early if you need to, but like, I don't, you know, you just need to be there. And so Sam goes to the Ravens and um, he's actually able to get messages off about the attack to the shadow tower in castle black. And then he's kind of, he doesn't really know what to do. So you get the sense of the battle, um, you know, at first, like they're, you know, they're firing arrows and everything. And, you know, he, he hypothesizes and writes all of these messages, like about the status. He's basically like blog, live blogging the battle. But he never sends, you know, you find out he never sends anything, but also like they get progressively more and more hopeless and the battle gets closer and closer to him. And, you know, he sees people dying at his feet. He sees, like, a, a white bear that is clearly, like, you know, like, burned into his brain and everything. And then um, they hear, I think it's, like, two sounds of a horn and then one more sharp sound, which means to mount up. And, um, you know, Mormont's basically, like, we're, like they're surrounded by, by whites at this point. And Mormont's like, we're going to have to, like, cut through, like, we're going to cut through and go. We have to retreat. And so Sam mounts up and, you know, he jumps like a little wall. It sounds like, um, makes it through all of the, you know, makes it through all of that, which again, like, you know, don't sell yourself short here, Sam. Like that sounds like pretty freaking <laughs> terrifying. Um, makes it through all of there and is with kind of, you know, during the retreat, uh, someone knocks him off his horse at some point, though. So that's why he's stuck, um, stuck walking. Knocks, knocks him off his horse and takes it. <laughs> and takes the horse, yeah. And so, you know, they kind of have this formation where they have, um, they have people with torches on the perimeter of these people. And like, you know, Mormont sounds amazing here because I think they had like five supply horses and he... You know, he divides the provision, so if something happens to one of the horses, like, they're not completely screwed. He gets the men who are injured on some of the remaining horses and has other people walk. Like, he's clearly, like, doing the best, oh. you know, the best for Bobby can yeah, do I mean, to like, get these guys out of it. This is just, like, a really quick catalog of what a capable leader Mormon is. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he's just, like, in the moment, okay, this we need to do this, this, and this. Like, he's already thought through the 50 things that they need to think about. Um. 
Well, and clearly he's keeping people alive in incredible circumstances, which is right. pretty amazing considering what we've just seen. I kind of love the way that George wrote all this. I love that you kind of, it's weird because there really isn't a moment where you see Sam like acknowledge to himself when he's remembering the battle that, oh, these definitely are whites and others and it's not the wild, the wildlings or the free folk. You know, it's like, it's like, it just kind of like is an awareness that just like sinks into him and, and it kind of sinks into the reader I, I I really appreciate the way that it's done. Uh, it is it's immediate. You feel what Sam is feeling, the chaos, the fear. And it was interesting on reread because I feel like in my mind, like that they were battling the others, you know, because we had three horns for the others, but clearly they're actually really not in the battle of the fist. Like it was whites wiping them. Yeah. Off it's pretty much there. all whites there. It seems like. Yeah. And so you don't, you know, you know, it's it's like a different sort of horror than I think I expected to read, actually. Um, but, you know, yeah, like, clearly, like, he has these horrific, you know, horrific, awful memories. And, you know, these are, like, his things that he thinks as he's laying, you know, he thinks he's laying there dying. And, you yeah. know, this is what he's, you well, know, exactly. what I feel like what this is, is like, this is the beginning of his PTSD forming. I mean, like he's still in the trauma, so he can't quite be posted yet, but like, that's literally what this is. You're just watching his PTSD form as, (laughs) as they're running away. And, um, so, you know, he's laying there and, um, you know, someone, you know, is like the get up piggy and he's like, you know, I can't. And then, you know, Gren comes upon him and, you know, Gren is like not taking no for answer. Like he forces Sam up. Sam falls back down. Gren's like kicking him, basically saying, "You know, you can get up. You can do it." And you know, Sam just can't. And then Small Paul's with him. And if you remember from the prologue, Small Paul was one of the guys that they were. I mean, basically, the mutineers were going to take yeah. advantage of him as part of the mutiny. Like he doesn't know what he, what's going on to that extent. And um, Small Paul is actually able to carry Sam. So, you know, Small Paul's like one. You fi- I always figure Sam's probably like like 300 pounds, maybe. I think I think of him probably. as like an offensive lineman type, you know? Yeah. So Small Paul's able to, you know, he, I guess you said he could carry calves. He can carry Sam. So he carries Sam for a while. And, um, you know, there's this great part where, um, you know, Sam's like, you know, just let me die. And uh, there's a, a funny little part. Be quiet, Sam, said Gren. Save your strength. Think about your sisters and brother, Master Eamon, your favorite food. Sing a song if you like. Aloud? In your head? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like, that little bit of humor from Gren just, um, you know, kind of hit me. But, yeah, I mean, like, Gren is obviously, like, quite a little, quite a bit of a hero here, too. Um, Well, yeah, Gren just won't won't let him die. Yeah. Which makes Sam mad at the time, but... (laughs) Right. And so... You know, obviously they're, you know, with Small Paul carrying Sam and Gren there, they're starting to fall. They're starting to fall behind. And, you know, what Sam has heard, you know, basically like the others and or whites, they don't know for sure, are picking off those stragglers that kind of fall out of the formation. And so that's what starts to happen with them. And um, they, you know, they realize that, you know, you know, their torches, they don't see the torches anymore. It's dark. Um, the wind kind of picks up. It's cold. And they realize they're not alone. And, um, you know, Sam thinks he would have pissed himself if he had any left. But they come across um, 
this, you know, poor horse with black entrails dragged from its open belly. And on top of it is this pale rider. And, you know, it's another. And, you know, again, like we have those consistent words, you know, the other slid gracefully from the saddle to stand upon the snow. Sword slim it was and milky white. Its armor rippled and shifted as it moved and its feet did not break the crust of the new fallen snow. And, um, you know, to their credit, like these three guys actually like perform pretty well against what had to just be like this, you know, yeah, like otherworldly yeah. thing. You know, Gren, like, thrusts a torch towards it, which, you know, you can kind of understand because I think they, you know, they know that'll take care of a white, but it, you know, just basically it, it breaks the torch. So he's holding a stick and, you know, it takes out a sword um, and small Paul goes after it. It charges it with an axe and, um, you know, the other impales it. And so, you know, Paul dies. And, you know, Sam is just like, free, you know, he's praying to himself. He's freaking out. And then, he, you know, because he doesn't have a sword, but he does have a dagger. And, you know, he's thinking, you know, just do it, do it. John would, you know, you know, he's thinking of all the words people would say to him. And I think he hears John's voice in his head, you know, do it. You can do it. So he, you know, he basically stumbles and runs forward into the other and just kind of blindly, um, blindly goes at it with his dagger. And. Um, you know, he says he heard a crack, like the sound ice makes when it breaks beneath a man's foot. And then a screech so shrill and sharp that it went staggering backwards with his hands over his muffled ears and fell hard on, on his arse. When he opened his eyes, the other's armor was running down its legs and rivulets as pale blue blood hissed and steamed around the black dragon glass dragger in its throat. It reached down with two bone white hands to pull out the knife, but where its fingers touched the obsidian, they smoked. And then it basically melts and then its bones dissolve in front of them. Um, so it's just, you know, in 20 hearts in 20 heartbeats, it's flesh was gone. Like, okay. Can I just say, as I was reading this, one of the things that annoyed me most is that we're never going to find out what the fuck George is doing with the others. Like, what are they? What is this? Where are we going? Like, this is just like such a mystery and yeah. we'll never fucking know what he was going to well, do here. I go back to that one theory that someone, you know, right from the prologue that they're searching for a Stark. And I think about how they had that encounter with Waymere, like the group of others had that encounter with Waymere Royce. And there was like this, like sassiness and intention to that, where they were actually like having a fight. And like this guy just kind of is like there and waits to be attacked. Like it, you know, it, it acts very differently than the others of the prologue did. Um, That's true. It, it seems like, like. Is there like a hierarchy of others? Like, is this like a battle? This is more of a battle situation. Whereas maybe the way more rice guy with the other with that. You know what I mean? The other with the others. Um, well, and I mean, honestly, like, like maybe this I, was just a shitty other. Like this was like the Sam of others. <laughs> I think it's more like it just didn't expect to have any sort of, you know, fight on its hands maybe. And so it just was like half paying attention. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just really, cause I mean, the thing is, remember at the fist, there's that whole stash of dragon glass there. So it seems like maybe the other should have expected that someone might have dragon glass. So maybe like a little cocky here. Um, so, you know, Gren, you know, 
Gren pulls the dagger and it's like so cold he can barely touch it. And, um, you know, and Sam gets Gren to his feet and he checks on Small Paul and um, Sam tries to give him the dagger now that they can touch it. And, you know, he says, you're not Craven like me. And, you know, the chapter ends. So Craven, you killed another. Gren pointed with the knife. Look there through the trees. Pink light. Dawn, Sam. Dawn, that must be east. If we head that way, we should catch Mormont. If you say, Sam kicked his left foot against a tree to knock off all the snow, then the right. I'll try. And then the chapter ends. Grimacing, he took a step. I'll try hard. And then another. So you see like this, you know, cool evolution from the start of the chapter where he's sobbing and he can't go on to like, okay, you know, he's he's had quite a trial and you know, he's coming out the other, you know, he's coming out the other side of it. Like this is Sam the Slayer now. Yep. 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 So it just it feels like very much like a complete little like this could have been an excerpt published like before. Yeah, this could be a short story. Yeah. A little I'm not gonna I can't believe I'm gonna say that's a little more exposition in it, and it would be a short story. Thank God we didn't have to do that because we already know. Right. Like, you know, in the, if there were like 17 years between uh, books or something yeah. like that. Whatever. You know, like, I feel like George does some of his best work north of the wall, as much as mm-hmm. I hate to say that because this isn't necessarily my favorite part of the story, but he's, he's at his best with this kind of thing. Well, and as much as people are like, oh, you know, Tyrion, he's Tyrion. I mean, like, Sam is, I think, you know, Sam is sort of the author and not this the self insert for sure. Yeah. But it's like all of the knowledge Sam has, like Sam knows, I mean, not book knowledge, but just like Sam knows more than anyone else in the story and has more connections to more varied characters than, you know, anyone in the story, you know, and obviously I would hope George, we know everything about everyone, but Sam is really, I mean, you know, he connects to Danny from, the ship that he and that he and Gilly were on. He knows Bran is alive. You know, Arya's met him. He, you know, obviously knows the Tarleys. He's connected to John. He's connected to the Jamie and Brienne story because of Hyle. You know, like he is like extreme, you know, he knows more. He's, you know, knows more and is connected to more people than like anyone. He's Shireen's second cousin. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. True. 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 Yeah. So I mean he just you know, I, I just feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of affection for him. And like, you know, despite all the put downs, like he, you know, George makes him feel like, I mean, as the reader, you can't be anything like, oh yeah, in the first half of this chapter, I 100% relate to you. And like in the second half of the chapter, you're pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you know, you feel, you know, the Night's Watch feels so heroic here, even, you know, just like extreme extraordinarily heroic from just Mormont's like oh absolutely I mean everybody literally everyone involved is heroic I mean even even like the mutineers end up being kind of heroic I mean everyone is a little part where Thor and Smallwood is you know he's kind of spearheading them when they're trying to break through yeah we're having like a great we got dogs (laughs) phones (laughs) (laughs) This is podcasting life right here. Um, But yeah, I mean, we have that little bit where Thorn and Smallwood is like spearheading them trying to break through. And, you know, I think he's cut, you know, he kills 
I think he kills the white bear and then the bear kills him as it's dying basically. And just, you know, like these guys are like so incredibly heroic against what, you know, seems like just insurmountable odds. And, you know, just, you know, just Gren, like Gren is such a good friend. Like <laughs> he's and small like, well, and I, you know, I love about what I love, what I love about the Gren and and Sam thing is Sam is is literally laying there going, oh, John's the only one who is my real friend. The rest of these guys are only my friends because John made them be. And you see Gren very much showing that no, he cares about Sam a lot, and won't give up on him. And in fact, like literally falls behind trying to keep you know small Paul going carrying Sam. And, and like I, they see his value before he kills this other, and you know Sam doesn't see his own value, and you yeah. know that I guess. Like, point of it is Sam sees his own value so well and knowing, know. knowing what will go on from here that Gren is going to tell this tale to everyone you know of <laughs> Sam's heroics right I mean Sam is like his or you know Gren is such a great hype man too you know he's really he really is you know yeah he's great I mean you know even I think to the back to the terrible show I mean you know Gren was killed prematurely but he probably got like the best death of anyone in the show like just the most purely like heroic like I'm awesome death I was so annoyed though that they killed Gren off I know I really like that actor too since we my attitude is it didn't happen in the books so it didn't happen (laughs) it's entirely possible that even if we ever do get it It'll be different. Yes. Well, I think I'd also like to point out that Sam in the books does his one job, does it well. Yeah, he got the raven. Well, he got the first batch of ravens off. He didn't get any of the updates in the battle. But but. compared to uh, show Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, none of these guys are anything other than like heroic, like. You know, yeah. I, I got other than the guy who like knocked him off his horse and took off like asshole move. But, you know, <laughs> everyone else, solid A plus effort. Um, did we have any questions on this chapter? We had one comment from Buck O'Hare on the Discord who said, so Samwell won. Is this some of the best horror in the books? Which I think we're saying yes. I mean, you know. Other than maybe like Vermeer Sixkins chapter, which is like really horrible. Oh God. Yeah, but I never want to read that again. Although this yeah. is something I've revisited. No kidding. No kidding. Um, we also had a, a message on a Tumblr from a stranger giving the strange welcome, who has a update on the Stavos crickets. Oh. So after taking a few minutes of no activity, Stannis started to angry scream. But what's excellent is Davos's response was to get even angrier back to the point where he was not only screaming, but doing angry, irate cricket hopping while screaming. Oh, God. Stannis eventually backed down, although they were still intermittently angry, chirping at each other as the video ended. Art imitates life. I just hear chemistry. That's all I hear. So I don't watch The Last of Us because I don't have HBO. But um, I mean, is basically AO, has anyone, like how many versions of Frank and Bill, but but as Davos and Stannis have been written already? <laughs> like a hundred thousand, I assume. I don't watch it either. But just, just from what I've seen, I would imagine many, many, like, many AUs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? 
Nope, that's it for our mail. Any other, anything else anyone wants to say about this chapter? I mean, I will... just, this is so good. It's such a good chapter. It's up there with the prologue of A Game of Thrones. Just a really good, I guess I'd, maybe I just like the subject matter. Maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. I, I would like to know what the fuck is going on with the others, George. And I'm really pissed. It will never know. Yeah, I mean, because this is honestly, other than um, when we meet what's his, when we meet Cold Hands, this is kind of the last of the others, isn't it? That we see other than that chapter. Mm, maybe. Like we just get like you know such tiny bits of. I will say that you know I'm reading from the illustrated version, the piece of shit one, and it's like just the most like stupid illustration, like. People on horses with, yeah, ugh, again, like. You mean just the guys you, fleeing? Yeah, and it's, yeah, that's the guys fleeing instead of, like, Sam, which, you know, again, like, I just, what? the choice is made by the, by the illustrators are bizarre to me, but whatever. Um, so if you have comments or would like to join me in bitching about um, the illustrated copy <laughs> of Storm Swords, I could always go for that. You can um, reach us on Tumblr at Close the Door and Come Here. Um, on Twitter at Door Podcast and the Jamie and Brienne subreddit, or you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com and you know, like and support us wherever you listen to your podcast. And um, you can also financially support us. That sounds terrible. Um, at close the door and come here on Patreon. And with that, I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>